to 1 John. I have chosen chapter 4, <laughs> verses 1 to 6 for today. And so has the Apostle John. And so has the Lord God. I got my shirt on, my faith, no, avalanche, no. My faith Baptist theological, I had to check, because I don't know, maybe it was avalanche, I put the wrong shirt. My faith Baptist theological seminary shirt on. I got to teach there this week, and I love teaching in a seminary setting because you get to talk about some stuff that's fun and, you know, deal with some issues that, you know, sometimes in the church we don't, we don't even talk about. Um, and we should, but we don't. You know, let me ask you this. What do you, what do you think about doctrine? Do you think it's just for seminaries? Right? Where we just talk in seminaries about things, you know, are you a four-pointer or a five-pointer? Are you a Calvinist or an Arminian? You know what I like to do? I love talking to the seminary students and asking them this. Are you an infralapsarianist or a superlapsarianist? And they look at me. I'm like, wait, you go to seminary. You know what that is? Are you an infralapsarianist or a superlapsarianist? What are you? And they look at me. They're like, wow, what in the world is he talking about? And I I love messing with that. And I I joke around with people. I say, when I went to seminary, I was a five-point Calvinist. And then uh, after one year, it was down to four. And then I was happy to get out of there with three. Amen. And, you know, and I joke around about how many points and all that. And we joke around. Actually, I actually got a, uh, a text this week from somebody in France saying that in their church, they're making a big deal now and they're fighting over Calvinism and Arminianism. And she said, um, can you help me through that? You know, she used to be in the church in Beja Vista in Argentina and she said, can you uh, give us some verses or something to guide me through that? And so I, I, I gave her some verses to guide her through that. Um, but you know what? We don't talk about that stuff here at Whitefield. Right? We don't want to mess with that stuff. Well, I mean, forget about doctrine. We don't need doctrine, right? I mean, I mean, why? It only causes fights anyway. We do. Amen. But some people, you know, they say, no, we don't need that. It just causes fights. We're just going to argue. So we talk about other things that really help our relationships, like politics. Amen? You know, and that really draws us closer to each other, doesn't it? And we, we deal with those issues. And I even saw somebody on Facebook. I mean, people got a sense of humor. They, got, they said, don't forget to change your clocks on Sunday and change your governor on Tuesday. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, look at some of that stuff, right? I got a few amens here. I got a few you know, you got to be careful with that stuff. People love to talk about politics in the church. They love to talk about sports in the church. We we can talk about how the Houston Astros won the World Series. Amen? Oh, you guys are happy, aren't you? Yeah, I know some of you guys are happy. I hate that. But, you know, we talk about that stuff. But doctrine, we don't want to mess around with that stuff. Let me just tell you what sound doctrine is. Let me define it first, and then we're going to go into it. Sound doctrine, the word doctrine just means teaching. Sound doctrine is a summary of the Bible teaching that is both faithful to the Bible, and don't miss this, and useful for life. As one person said, you are what you eat, you are what you believe. And wrong doctrine, you will lead a wrong life. 
sound doctrine, you will lead a sound life. And so it is important. And yet we, we, we throw it under the rug. We don't want to talk about it. In fact, I can't count how many churches now are, are taking things out of their doctrinal statement so they don't offend people so more people can attend. And now all of a sudden this doesn't matter and this doesn't matter and this doesn't matter and this doesn't matter. And they'll water it down all the way down to just a few things that matter. You are what you eat. You are what you believe. And can you imagine being back then and not having the Bibles that we have now and listening to preachers and having to decide whether or not they were preaching what is right or preaching what is wrong? That would be really hard. And yet, praise the Lord, um, we're going to see here in a moment how we can do that. Now, look at this here. Here's the danger of not knowing sound doctrine. This is amazing. Look what Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says, for if one comes and preaches another Jesus, someone that's not in the Bible, not the right Jesus, another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or a different spirit, which you have not received. So somebody puts an unhealthy emphasis on the Holy Spirit and changes who the Holy Spirit is and makes the Holy Spirit to be something else and, and Jesus to be something else. And then, look at this, or a different gospel, which you've not accepted. So he says three things there. He says, if someone comes up and preaches a different Jesus and preaches a, a different Holy Spirit and a, and a different gospel, look what he says. You bear this beautifully. Doesn't bother you. He says, wow. He says, let that not happen. He says, I am worried about that. I remember when uh, I, I came even to Widefield. Somebody told me, yeah, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, was buried and rose again. And I'm saved, they said. I dug in a little deeper. Saved from what? Their response was saved from annihilation. That's not the gospel. That cheapens the gospel. Jesus died to save us from an eternal hell. And yet, different gospel, people, ah, that's fine, ah, they're saved, don't worry about it, we don't want to make that, that's a different gospel. He's saying a different Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel, and all of a sudden you accept it beautifully? He said, that can't be. Here's why this passage in John is so important. Let's go there. First John chapter four, verses one to six. And I want to show you here because he starts off by giving us two commands. And I don't want you to miss this. This is, this is amazing here in verse one. He's going to talk about two commands and then he's going to give us two tests and then he's going to give us some, some way to really, um, some words of encouragement for us. Look at the two commands here in verse one. He says this, beloved, do not believe Every spirit, there's, there's the first command. He says, don't be gullible. Don't just amen every spirit. Now, now here's what's amazing. You can give me a couple amens. But don't amen every spirit. Amen. Wow, I got one. Interesting, he uses the word spirit. You know why he uses the word spirit? Because behind every preacher, there is some energy or motivation or being empowered by a spirit. The preacher that's preaching the truth from the Bible is empowered by God. The one who is preaching falsehood and, and, and not preaching the Bible is empowered by the very devil himself. He says, don't believe. 
Don't be gullible and believe every spirit. We should be skeptics, but healthy skeptics in the pew. I remember when, when I first was pastoring in Argentina, there was a guy that would sit there and listen to me preach like this the whole time. And afterwards, you know, he said to me, he actually said this to me, he came up to me and said, you know what, Jeremy, I'm just waiting for you to make a mistake. That's not healthy skepticism. That is just waiting for me. And do I make mistakes? Of course I make mistakes. But he's just sitting there waiting, there, just waiting for me to make a mistake. Well, be careful about going down that route. But you shouldn't be just sitting there going, oh, I'm just waiting to hear what Jeremy's going to say. He's going to say everything beautiful. Oh, it's just so sweet. No. Be a healthy skeptic. That's okay. He's saying, don't believe every spirit. Don't, don't believe every spirit. Don't, I don't care how well they speak. I don't care how many titles they have before their name. I don't care how full their churches are. Be careful with believing everything they say. And not only that, he says, in the second thing, we ought to test them. Test the spirits. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, I'm going to tell you here in a moment, but I'm going to tell you what it means first to test them. It means to, it means to make a critical examination of something. To determine genuineness. We need to test it. They use these, this, the same word on metals. It's interesting that John only uses this word here in his epistles. But, but Paul uses the word often. It, it, it was a word used to, 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 to determine whether or not the metal was the metal, what the value of the metal, if it was genuine, authentic. He goes, test it. Test it. Know if it's right. Know if it's genuine. Know if it's authentic. Do a test. And, and, and here's what we're testing. Look at verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Look at what we're testing. We're testing to see whether they are from God. Now, now, here's what's interesting. Remember, they didn't have Bibles back then like we do now, but, but they did need to know whether or not what they were hearing was from God or not because here's the problem. Are you ready for the problem? Here it is. There are many false prophets. Where? In the world. And let me just tell you, in Colorado Springs, they're here. They're here in, Ar they're, they're in Argentina. They're in Africa. They're all over the place. They're here. They're in Woodland Park. One of them by the name of Womack. Ready for this? Guess what he tells people to do? I should start preaching like this. Good thing I didn't get an amen there. Here's what he says. You need to give to get. So if you give your money to God, he's going to give it back to you more than you can ever give. And so give to get. And all God's people said, man, I say amen. What is God, a slot machine? You're throwing a quarter to God, it comes out a million bucks? That's how they treat God. You know what he says? This is amazing to me. He says, you should not pray for those who are sick. He says, you should heal them. In fact, he says that God doesn't want anyone sick. That's not God's will. And so people who are sick all of a sudden don't think they have enough faith. So he starts to go on faith and how you have faith and you need to use your faith to move the mountains and the faith to heal the sick and the faith to, to move God. What a following. Is that the gospel? No. They're here. They're right here. Don't believe every word you hear. Test them. 
You say, how do you test them? I mean, do I just test them by my own human wisdom? I mean, some of those things don't, don't make sense. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe that. So I just test them by my human wisdom. No, that's not how we test them. He's gonna tell us how we test them right here in the passage. Look at it. It's amazing. And the question is, can you pick it out? Here it is. Look at this in verse two. He's gonna give us some tests. The first test that we should have is we need to listen carefully to what they say about Jesus. Watch this in verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is what? It's from God. All right, now don't miss this. It's a very interesting passage here in verse 2, a very interesting scripture. What he's saying is this. He's saying every spirit, every person empowered by the Holy Spirit that speaks to you and tells you about Jesus, he must tell you about the right Jesus. Who is the right Jesus? The right Jesus is fully God. The right Jesus is fully man. The right Jesus lived a sinless life. The right Jesus died on the cross for your sins. The right Jesus was buried and rose again. The right Jesus came to this earth to save souls. And anyone who denies that is being empowered by the devil himself. Look at this. He says in verse 2. Very interesting. I never picked this up. He says, every spirit that confesses. That word confess means to embrace to acknowledge, to submit to, to pledge allegiance to. Everyone that confesses, that submits to, and pledges allegiance to the Jesus Christ, and look at the next word, has come. And so he's saying he had a reason for coming. What was the reason for the incarnation? The reason was to save our souls. He's come in the flesh is of God. But guess what? Every spirit that doesn't do that is not from God. Look what Swindoll says here. He says, genuine teachers must hold to the right Jesus. They must accept him as the incarnate God-man, sent by God the Father in the power of God the Holy Spirit. They must believe in his virgin birth, his sinless life, his atoning death, his glorious resurrection from the dead. This means accepting him as the only Savior and Lord. And it means hoping for his future Coming as king. You get a knock on the door. Uh-oh, it's a Jehovah Witness. Shut the lights off. <laughs> Shut the lights off. It's a Jehovah Witness. Shut them off. No, wait a minute. It's got a name tag. It's a Mormon. It's a Mormon. Shut it off. Mormon comes. They're ready for you. Got their speech. Got their Bible. Got their Book of Mormon. They're ready for you. They got their notes. They got where they're going to go for it. Are you ready for them? Are you ready to take them to the scriptures and show them the right Jesus? When they open up their Bibles and they say this and they say that and they say this. No, no, let's talk about the right Jesus, who he is. Let's go to John 1.1. 1, 1. Let's go to, to Micah 5.2. Let's go to the Old Testament, the New Testament, and let's show you who the real Jesus is. They're coming knocking and they're coming empowered by the very devil himself. He says, the one that you listen really well, what they say about Jesus, who is Jesus? You listen really well. And these are, these are people in power. They start Bible colleges. They have great crowds. They have big churches and big buildings. 
You say, I'm no match for them. I can't really deal with them. How do I deal with these people? I mean, I didn't go to seminary like you. I don't know what infralapsarianists and superlapsarianists mean. I, I, I barely know what John 3.16 is. Somewhere in the Bible. Between Genesis and Revelation. It's there. I, I, I'm no match for these guys. They speak better. They have their speeches. That's why I shut the lights off. I'm scared of them. That's why we have verse 4. What a beautiful verse in the Bible. He says, don't be afraid of them. Don't be intimidated by them. Look at verse 4. Look what he says. He says, you are from God. <laughs> no, don't miss this. You, you have a relationship with God. You are born again. You, you are from God. You are God's child. And, here, and here's what he says. And you have overcome them. Not because you're smarter than they are. Not because you're more eloquent than they are. Not because you know how to rip the Bible. Not because of those things. Here's, here's why you have overcome them. Look at this verse. He says, you're from God and you have victory over them. Why? Here it is. Isn't this beautiful? The verse that a lot of people love to use, but don't get it in the context. Here's why. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I love this. That He is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside of us. No evil doctrine, no evil person possessed by the devil is any match for the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Let them come and knock on our door. Let them come and try to trick us. We have the very Holy Spirit of God, the built-in lie detector, who knows what is true, who will guide us into truth. And let me tell you, he's greater than all of them. It's amazing how we, 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 we battle this. And I'll tell you, honestly, I get tired in the battle. I mean, because so many of them come up. I took contemporary uh, issues in two, the year 2000. We took things about talking about different people. They don't even exist now. This stuff just keeps evolving. There's new movements coming out all the time. I get tired of it. People come up to me, hey, pastor, you hear about this one? But I never even heard. They're coming out all the time. You can't even keep up with some of these. You look up at one, they're, they're everywhere. They're on YouTube. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're on Snapchat. They're, on, they're everywhere. They're coming up. And this new thing, and new, and people are buying it. And you sit there and you're like, Lord, unbelievable. And then I remember this. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. They're no match for the Holy Spirit. And yet they come out, they come out. And so what do we need to do as believers? He's going to give us word of encouragement here. He's going to say, depend upon the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't, don't believe everything that you Test it. Allow the Holy Spirit to tell you what is truth and what is falsehood. But look at this. There's another test. <laughs> And this is, this is an amazing test here. Look at verse 5. They are from where? The world. They are from the world. That's their source. That's where they're getting their wisdom from. They are from the world. The Satan, demon, empowered world. 
And therefore they speak as from where? The world. That makes sense, right? They don't have God. And so they're from the world and they're speaking worldly things. They're speaking things that just are temporal, that really don't matter in all eternity. They're speaking of things that people want to hear. And guess what? The world, guess what they do? They listen to them. You ever wonder why Joel Osteen sold 8 million copies of his book? 8 million. You say, uh oh, I got one of those. I better throw it away. Are you going to get a. Amen. If you got one, throw it away. Yeah. You know why? This is what people want to hear. You ready for this? Just let go of the past. Just let go of the past. Why are you living in the past? Let go of the past. You know, you, you don't want to do that. Um, I live to give. Just be a giver. Just live to give. Choose to be happy. Oh, people love that. Choose to be happy. Why are you so sad? Don't be sad. Choose to be happy. You can have your best life. When, notice what he says. Best life when? Now. I praise God that our best life is not now. Amen. If this is the best, we're in big trouble. I mean, holy moly. This is the best. I mean, the best is when the Yankees win, the Giants. No, but the best life now. But they want to hear these things. This is what they want to hear. They want to hear about self-image. Oh, man, that's a big one. Don't want anybody to tell you that you're ugly, that you're dumb, that you're an idiot. You think well of yourself. Build your body. Self-esteem. Build yourself up. Holy cow. And so people see that and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, people are picking on me. I do need a better self-image. How about the power of positive thinking? Just think positive and everything will be fine. Look at how many people listen to him. And what does it say here? In the verse, look closely at those following. See, they're from the world and they speak is from the world. And guess what? The world listens. Why? Because it resonates with them. They don't have the spirit of God. That truth resonates with them. Look at verse six. Look what resonates with us. Verse six. I love this. We are from God. We are from God. He who knows God listens to what? To us. Those who know God want to hear from God. They want to listen to, to God. They want to understand what God says. They want God's word. I am amazed when I ask people when they come here for the first time, I ask them, so what are you looking for in a church? And I am amazed on how many people don't even mention the Bible. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thankful for the ones who come here and say, yeah, we do want the Bible. But so many, it's other things that matter to them. They want the music. What a church. I'm telling you, I just love it. I'm filled with the Spirit every time I go. Does the guy open the Bible? Yeah, not too much. He doesn't really preach that. But I just, the Spirit fills me every time I hear a song. They look for ministries. They have to have this ministry and that ministry. And if the ministries aren't there, who cares if they preach the Bible? As long as they have that ministry, they're fine. And unfortunately, some look at the minister and they say, oh, yeah, we want this. We want that. We want this. Instead of looking at the Bible. We are from God. We want to listen to God. And when you see some of the people that come from these churches 
And it's really sad, superficial and shallow Christianity where it's all about the things of this earth. Where they throw in and mention things that people want to hear. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not us. He says, he who is not from God does not listen to us. There's the, the flip side of here in verse 6 here. I'm here to tell you, I used to think, oh yeah, you know what? People want to come and hear the pre. No, they don't. They want to hear these. They want to hear the things that Joel Osteen's saying. Why? They're not from God. They don't want to hear the Bible. So here's what he says. By this we'll know the spirit of truth and we'll know the spirit of error. We'll know by the people who are listening to them who have no relationship with God who tell you, wow, that was a great sermon. He told me to think positively. I need to do that. I need to smile more this week. I need to give more. I need to do this and I need to do that. And you say, wait a minute, you've missed it. You've missed it. That's not the God of our Bible. Let me give you a couple of thoughts here. And this is really important to put this in the application. And I pray that God would help every one of us with this. We need to listen carefully, not only to what is said, but also to what is not said. Jesus saves, all God's people said. Amen. Which Jesus? <laughs> what does it mean, saves? Saves from what? Saves me from a bad day? Listen to what they don't say. Not only what they do say. They have a way of changing the words of the Bible to mean something else. And they have a way of, of leaving out very important truths of the scriptures. And so we need to listen to not only what is said, but we need to listen to what else is not said. And see whether or not this is truth or error. So be very careful when you hear that. Look at this next one. You can tell a lot from the crowd those teachers attract and the principles that crowd puts into practice. Look at their followers. Look if they really love Jesus or not. Look if they understand the gospel. If they don't, something's wrong. Look if they're really understanding the Bible and loving the Bible and living the Bible. And then this last one really gets me. A strong and healthy church today is no guarantee of the same tomorrow. How many of you been there? You've been in a church that once was solid and now nothing for God. That once opened up the Bible and lived the truth and preached the truth and now they want nothing to do. Now they come out with statements. I can't believe it. One big denomination just recently came out with a statement that says, yeah, we allow women preachers and here's why we allow women preachers because it's just not clear in the Bible. And, oh yes, it is. It's pretty clear. First Timothy chapter 2 is pretty clear to me. Amen. But yet, oh, it's just not clear in the Bible. 
And so all of a sudden they start to change there and then they start to change here. And then is hell real? Can't be real. It can't be eternal. All of a sudden that's not clear in the Bible. And, and Jesus, the reason why he came is not clear in the Bible. And all of a sudden nothing is clear in the Bible. And once it's a strong, healthy church is now no longer a strong and healthy church. And you know why that is? Because they depend too much on other people to have doctrine rather than understanding doctrine themselves. Study the Bible. <laughs> Study the Jesus of the Bible and depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you into truth. I look at some of the great preachers of our day. Swindoll, he's in his 80s. How much longer does he have? Other people. I turned 48. I got a, a foot in the grave now. <laughs> John was like, yeah, right. You're just a young whippersnapper. John would not even remember when he turned 48, but 48. Preachers come and go. We need churches with sound doctrine who know the scriptures, who are listening to what people are saying about Jesus and are looking at those who are following those people and saying, you know what? That's not truth. And depending upon the Holy Spirit to guide them in the truth. I'm thankful that we have people who come here and say, you know what? I, I do want to come here because I want to hear the Bible. May the Bible be our guide in what we do. Let's pray. Father, there's so many false prophets that have gone into the world. And Lord, it's so easy for us to hear them and not listen carefully to what they're saying. So God, help us to be a church committed to truth. That Lord, that we preach the right Jesus. And we depend upon the Holy Spirit. And by your grace, produce the right followers. And so, Lord, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to discern between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Sometimes we run away and we say, you know what, doctrine's not for me. I don't need to know that stuff. Yes, we do. Because we live in a world that's filled with error. So help us to study the Jesus of the Bible. Help us to be enamored with who he is, why he came. He's fully God and fully man. Came to this earth, never sinned, and died for our sins. Thank you for the wonderful Savior we have. Help us to stay committed to the true Jesus, to the true Holy Spirit. Lord, there's such an unhealthy emphasis of the Holy Spirit in our world now. And making the Holy Spirit everything and, and, and doing different things and saying, yeah, the Holy Spirit is this, the Holy Spirit is that. Help us to know the true Holy Spirit. And then the true gospel. And Lord, I pray that if anyone preaches another gospel that's not found in your word, let him be accursed. Just as Paul said. Because they are producing false converts who one day will stand before you without a relationship with you. So Lord, help us to understand the true gospel as well. Thank you so much that those that are from you want to hear from you. And we pray that that would be our heart's desire as well.
Take these feeble words and use them to encourage your church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.